0: Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show. I have absolutely no plan to start with, but first off, let's get some, uh, actually before we do intros, make sure you all are liking the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff, get your emails when this drops, which is going to be Fridays from now on for the next little while. And uh, outside of that, let's get some intros out of the way, because we haven't done that yet, which I completely forgot about. So
1: Chris, give us a quick little uh, 5, 10, 15 second blurb, hit us. Sure. My name's Chris Lee. I spent 10 years in the Army, got out, started my own coaching business, and loving every minute of it. So it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Seb,
0: let's get a quick little intro from you one last time. Boom. You got to unmute your mic, though.
2: (laughs) That really helps, apparently. Uh, Seb Lavoie, 23 years combined service between military and law enforcement, a performance coach now, and a lover of life. Happy to be here. Absolutely.
0: Good to have you. Now, uh, I have a question for y'all, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this because I've been seeing a lot of videos about it over the last little while. What are you guys' thoughts on vetcations? Now, I'm going to explain this a little bit, a little bit more, but uh, there are a lot of organizations out there that are trying to help veterans, you know, reintegrate into society. There's lots of different... Um, places you can go different things you can do you can scuba diving horseback riding uh, ayahuasca trips like you name it basically it's out there now that vets can go on and I'm wearing my Pegasus jump shirt for a reason but there are a lot of places that the experience is all that they're offering right come out for a hunt with us cool have fun go back to your life kind of deal And there are people out there that are taking advantage of that and going on these continual vacations where they go on a retreat and they come back and they go on another retreat and they come back and they go on another retreat. But they never actually do any of the integration or development or getting better. They just keep utilizing it as a, oh, I'm going to go on another vacation and it's paid for. I'm going to go on another vacation and it's paid for. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on that in general, but how that actually applies to the rest of the veteran community as well. Chris I'm gonna start with you what do you think
1: that's a it's an interesting thing because I think I think if somebody's using those resources as an escape there's a deeper issue going on they should probably be addressed if you're and I I'm reluctant to use the word afraid but if you're afraid to be in life if you're afraid to be in society and afraid to navigate day to day without those constant escapes what's going on and why why are you reluctant to to be present now uh, having said that i've bumped into a, a number of veterans that have done things like the ayahuasca and and have been able to kick addiction as a result because it it helped clear up some things that were going on on a deeper level i fully support that because because the alcohol addiction is another form of escape that you're trying to avoid present life. Um, and so being able to utilize a resource that helps you be more present, I think is super cool So Uh, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting concept I'd have to think more on.
0: Well, we'll, we'll talk about it for the next little while. What are your, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah. I echo what Chris says here, but also I think to myself, like, how do I know the intent behind what the person is doing and why, right? So so really, it's an individual case. I mean, is this a hypothesis that these people are doing that so that they don't address life or is this a possibility that it actually allows them to address the things that they are needing to address, which includes spending time with themselves, or 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 be in an environment that's conducive to making some changes, and all those things. So I think assuming that everybody that does that is automatically trying to keep themselves busy so they don't have to think about things is is an assumption, right? And and so um, at the end of the day, it comes down to intent, as as a lot of things do for me. What are you going there for, and and how is it helping you in the big in the big picture, so to speak? And so I think they're great. I mean, you know, I run the, the one of the jiu-jitsu veteran uh, veteran Leo's camp, BJJ camp in Tulum. I don't uh, actually run it, but I run the BJJ portion of it. And it's been an absolutely life-changing experience for the veterans that that came through and that's not even nearly as as um, as sort of um critical as As something such as ayahuasca or any of those other plant medicines (laughs) that can be used to, uh, you know, to create a a, a freaking parallel universe where you end up, you know, transposing into um, a simplistic way to to, to say it. But yeah, I, I think there's a ton of value in them. I think Pegasus is another great example of showing the power of bringing the community together. And, uh, but it has to be done right with the right intent and the, and the person themselves or the individual themselves has to be squared away on what it is that they are doing that moves the needle forward.
0: Absolutely. Sean, thoughts on this?
3: Yeah. So what I kind of keyed in on chance when you were, uh, laying that out was you'd mentioned, you know, and these things are paid for and blah, blah, blah. Well, to me, that's kind of the key. So I'm looking at the coaches on the panel right now, myself being one of them. And I, this is how I set up my coaching, uh, a long time ago. I could do it for free or I could charge a nominal fee for free. Some people just don't respect your time when there's a nominal fee, then they get to sit down and figure out, is it worth paying for? Do I really want this? Why am I doing it? And if the reason I'm doing it is strong enough, am I willing to pay the price for it? So, if something is free, typically it has no value to some people. And so, that's why when I was coaching, I set as low a price as I could, but there had to be a price paid in order for the person to use that as a filter to determine do I really want this? So if someone says um, to a veteran out there, hey, I'm going to give you an all-expenses-paid trip to the Ayahuasca retreat. Are you in? Yeah, I'm in, because there's no cost. But if you say to someone, would you like to go to that Ayahuasca retreat, but for the next year you have to journal every single day and wait for it, dot, 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 you're going to send it to me. You're going to be held accountable every single day with your journaling. I expect a result every day for the next 365 days. Are you willing to pay that price? Yes or no. And so for me, these kind of things, these retreats, uh, Operation Pegasus Jump, uh, anything that is beneficial to a veteran, I feel when there's a price to be paid, it will help someone determine whether they want to do that thing. I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I like that. I, uh, again, the reason I wanted to bring this up was the fact that I think that there are a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that want to help, obviously. That's why there are so many organizations out there that offer these retreats. And I was listening to a, uh, a clip from a podcast on Instagram a while ago, and they were referencing the fact that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the retreats, there's no, uh, there's no information afterwards. There's no backstopping. There's no reaching out there's no integration work that's required and to your point uh seb earlier you saying you working with uh, Doc zed in tulum there's a lot of integration involved in that right and there's a lot of uh restrictions early on before you even go you got to be able to uh you know clean yourself up you got to be able to do certain things there's requirements in order to go i am 100 percent involved in that i are down with that but there are a lot of places that are just like you know, come out and work with the horses for 20 minutes and then go back to your life and see what happens. Right. You're it's helpful, but it's, there's no like long standing effects to it. If you know what I mean, Chris, you got any other thoughts on any of this?
1: I, I think follow-up for sure, uh, is a great way to ensure that people are capitalizing the, the resources as they were intended to be, um, kind of those those really quick retreats or escapes i guess you could call them um if that's what you're using it for as an escape that's different than trying to all right i want to learn and glean as much information as i can from this experience and then directly apply it to my life as fast as possible and for and for the duration you know i think but that that comes down to the mindset of the individual too it's it's kind of like what seb was saying it's like what's the intent um of of the individual that's participating. Is it an escape or is it, I I wanna be better because the people around me need me to be better, you know?
0: Absolutely. Do you have any additional points to this at all? Nothing? Okay, Sean, anything else?
3: Yeah, I do. So uh, you you proposed it as a vacation and I think that that is the crux of the matter. If that's what someone thinks it is, then that's what it is. It's a vacation. But if it's proposed as vet work, like there's going to be some work involved in this. That's an entirely different thing. So what are we talking about between the delta or the delta between those two states of mind? It's a state of mind. If as you're packing your bags, you're thinking, yeah, my 12th vacation of the year to go and do another retreat. Well, you're in vacation mode. But if when you're packing your bags, you're thinking... Man, I'm looking forward to learning a lot on this. I'm glad I did all the work beforehand. It's going to be uh, a bit of a grind, but there's going to be some fun. I'm going to meet some new people. I'm going to learn some new things. I'm going to be a better person when I leave. Oh, yeah. When I leave, when am I leaving? Oh, I'm there for five days. I get home six days. So that means by the 10th day, I've got to have my homework turned into the accountability section and et cetera, et cetera. So if there's a process that has some deliverables and then there's some accountability on those deliverables where at the end of the process the outcome is you're better for it and it is a better for it uh, more of a recordable or a notable or a uh, remarkable difference where it's demonstratable that you were here and now you're here whatever that means to anyone who's listening well, that's an entirely different thing than margaritas down by the dock of the bay all week long. That's an entirely different thing because at the end of a week of margaritas, the only remarkable or notable delta is that your bank account has got less money in it. And so if that's what you're chasing, then um, you're not getting any better. You're just getting poorer. And I guess that is the crux. So are you getting better? richer or are you getting poorer in quality of life in how you can live a better life and it's easy to get poorer by sitting down by the dock of the bay and drinking margaritas you're getting poorer financially you're probably getting poorer emotionally every morning you wake up hung over maybe and I'm just painting out a bad picture here worst case scenario Um, it's easy to slip into a cycle of I'm not holding myself accountable over the course of this week and making a distinction between what I accomplished in this week versus the week prior. So I think it's for us to kind of less less rely on the organization that we're going and visiting. We'll call it the Ayahuasca Retreat. It's less on them and it's more on us. Before we jump on a plane or before we get in a car or before we throw on our rucksack to go wherever and do a thing, before any of that happens, we've got to understand what we're about to step into and what we want to accomplish. And throughout that process, we've got to hold ourselves accountable to the things that we set up before we went off to do that thing. Then we have to evaluate ourselves or we'll call it judge our performance, for lack of a better term at the end of the event and determine, well, was that worth it? Because here's here's an important thing that uh, uh, doesn't often get said. When you go out on that vacation, you're not just a solo individual. You're kind of like a reconnaissance party. When you jump on a plane and go to an ayahuasca retreat and then you come back, if you did it right, you can then report back to all of the troops. Here's what I experienced. Here's why it was good. Here's why it didn't work for me. Here's the things I would do better next time. And if anyone is interested in this, this is what I would suggest for your journey, dot, dot, dot. And so you're out there as a reconnaissance tool to come back, provide information to all of the other troops who are considering doing that vet vacation. And so it's not just you having fun. It's you getting better. So that when you come back, you can help others get better. I think.
0: Yeah, I really like that. Seb, what do you got?
2: Yeah, man i i couldn't I couldn't love that statement more. I mean, I think I think that's a that's a critical piece in there. Is 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 as long as this is bigger than you, it also forces you to stay in line. So if you're not good enough for your, for yourself, then you have to be good enough for others. And uh, and as as silly as this might sound to some, it's it's actually. Especially in a veteran community, it actually induces some um, responsibility, and that's a massive, massive piece. And that goes along a uh, along with the other piece, which is what is the intent of whoever is putting the camp on, because that's an important piece. If if the if the fact is that veterans are you know sort of financed by by va or vac and they're cash cows for a certain organization doing certain things it's a completely different beast than if you have an, a, a specific intent behind the retreat and then every single step of the way is a is road mapped and you, you kind of know where you are going from beginning to end and what the you know, desired outcome is. So then you can align your mission with that. And if this doesn't jive, then you go to a different camp. You know, you just don't take camp just to take the camp. But it is it is really important as you as you do the prep work, because if you come back and you can't speak to the camp on account of you didn't do the work, it, wh- what generally happens, you know, I turn into a victim. It didn't work out for me because of X, Y and Z. And now it's 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 just waters down the information. Be ready, be prepared, be researched. Even when it comes to and and we've mentioned this a few times so i think it's probably worth mentioning but if you are if you are considering some of the plant medicine camp like say ayahuasca do your research like you do it in one camp and it's life-saving you're doing in another one and you're dead so it's really important to understand that you know there are there are reputable places to do those things and you can't just go in somebody's basement and do ayahuasca in a you know anyways it's not going to turn out so so that that piece that um sean is talking about is is reinforced by the fact that to begin with you need to have done your research not only for the collective but so you know that this camp is even in line with what it is that you are trying to achieve that is
0: a great point and next time anybody wants to party at Seb's place we're gonna, <laughs> gonna don't chris you got any thoughts on this
1: yeah, I, I think you guys all hit it on the head. Um, intent is important. Not only the intent behind the individual participating, but the intent behind the facilitators of whatever retreat. Sometimes the intent is strictly to go have fun, you know, play paintball or, you know, water park or whatever. Um, and and if that's the case, yeah, soak it up. Enjoy that time. Uh, we all need downtime. Uh, <laughs> looking at the panel and i'm I'm willing to bet that like white space on the calendar is few and far between, and it often gets filled up because we don't like it <laughs> um, but it it is important to have some like you know recreation time and and enjoy those those fun experiences too, if that's the intent behind you know the the retreat or whatever
0: yeah, absolutely. I think this is a this is a great point in terms of uh the the overall goal of what what you're trying to seek because I mean, when I went to Pe- Pegasus Jump uh, a couple of years ago now, it was, uh, I had no idea what I was expecting. I knew that I wanted to jump, always wanted to jump out of a plane, did not really understand what I was getting myself into. Once I got there, though, it became very obvious what I was getting myself into. And it, it, I had to immediately change my mindset from being, <clears throat> hey, this could be fun to this is serious and I need to understand what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I think that is—I think it's indicative of a lot of the of the mindset with people getting into these things. Is that I didn't really have a whole lot of research into this when I first stepped onto the the mat, onto the ground at Op Pegasus jump. That being said, there are a lot of other styles of things that I've gone on that I went into it completely open. Just I'm here, show me what you got. Do you think that that has has its place to be able to enter into these types of retreats without the uh, the seriousness without the reconnaissance ahead of time without like the understanding just showing up and being
3: available to whatever's being shown. Sean, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think it's it's in fact I think it's cool to be able to step into something without a whole pile of uh, predisposed ideas and uh, a general expectation of this is this is how i want it to go and if it doesn't go this way then it's going to suck i think uh, it's okay to go in with an open mind however like I, I, veterans affairs has never paid for me to go anywhere to any of these things so anything that i've done has been all on my own dime and so when i'm spending my own dime you know what i do i get freaking serious man i get serious about the dime i'm about to spend if i'm spending a penny I'm making sure that that penny's going in the right spot. And so I don't like, I'm not throwing all the pennies over my shoulder, not caring. That's not how I've run my life. And so I don't blindly enter into something that I know is going to cost me in some way. And by cost, it's not always cash. It's a cost of time. It's a cost of reputation. It's a cost of, who you identify as and what you expect on the other end as to who you're going to identify as there's cost to everything. Whenever you step into these kind of things, and it's not always financial. So for me to go to operation Pegasus jump, I knew what I was getting myself into because I was paying for it. Bang, bang, bang on my visa. Every time I did another planning step to get there. So These kind of things have cost, and even if it's not coming out of your wallet, let's pretend it's coming out of the magical Veterans Affairs wallet, which I've yet to bump into, Um, then there is cost in time. There is cost in you being away from your family, if you have a family. There's cost in you being away from your house, if you have a house, from your dog, if you've got a dog. Everything has a cost. The moment you head off on a, we'll call it vetcation. and so I don't just casually enter into these things. Like, yeah, I've got a spare moment. I'm just gonna bounce off somewhere and not really care about what's in my rearview mirror. It's not the way I think. And so, um, even if someone handed me a boatload of money, there is still cost beyond money. Absolutely, Chris. You got any thoughts?
1: I I think there's value in for sure doing research and stuff um, prior to an event, but, but there there is also value for sure to show up with an empty cup, um, and what I mean by that is like if kind of what was mentioned earlier is like if you have certain expectations of how something should turn out and it doesn't turn out exactly that way, you've kind of built in disappointment to the to the experience because it it wasn't measuring up to what you you wanted it to be or what what you expected. And so um, when I was going through training and stuff, particularly like medical training, a lot of the the guys that would wash out of that, that training were prior medics in the army because they had all this experience, all this kind of expectation of how medicine should be done. But the cadre during our schoolhouse would wanted it done a very certain way and for certain reasons. Uh, And so some of those prior medics had difficulty because their cup was already full. Um, And so with, with things like this, like particularly like growth retreats or something like that, yeah, do, do all the research you need to, but then empty your cup when you show up to allow for the experience to develop as maybe the cadre or the, the facilitators intended from their end. I like that, Seb. Got anything?
2: Yeah, I absolutely don't think those two things are are mutually exclusive, as Chris mentioned and as Sean mentioned. Also, I do believe that, you know, people work differently. And that's just that's just the way that's just the way the the cookie crumbles. But um, but I'm 100 percent believing that if you have done your research in turn, in terms, in terms of figuring out what the intent behind the camp is. At least you know you're generally pointing in the right direction. Like how is how it happens specifically is pretty irrelevant. Um, and, but if you start diverting and going completely in an opposite direction now, you, and as long as it's beneficial and you're able to find value in it, by all means, you know, go 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 ahead and do that. But uh, but I but I do believe that not knowing what what you're getting into. Um, even if you're adaptable and flexible, is probably not the best use of your time. But if you have an infinite amount of time and you want to do things everywhere, because you can, by all means, by all means, do that. But I do believe that if you're showing up in any of those camps with preconceived idea on how it's going to work out or shake out for you or what are some of the things that are going to be more impactful to you or anything like that, you are you, you are probably wrong. Generally, never turns out that way. Whatever you expected it was going to hit you the hardest, generally doesn't, and it's something that you completely didn't see coming. And now you're now you're you know you're getting great value out of it. So having an open mind is like having an open parachute. It it works as long as you're falling, you know. And I think that um, you can't really sort of cheap out on that. You have to just go in there and have that kind of mentality. But I do like a good preparation.
3: I'm sure you do. Sean, you got any uh, additional points to this? I do. So yesterday I'd said, uh, I actually spoke from a airport. It was Seattle airport and I had a little bit of time laying over between my flights to get back to my hometown here in Roslyn. So I, I was, as I was rambling on, I was talking about operation Pegasus jump came up as the subject. And I stated that I've been to Operation Pegasus Jump twice now, so two years in a row. And my intention is to go again this year. So that'll be three times in a row. And uh, I'd stated that last year, 2023, I probably spent about $3,000 to do that entire, it was approximately 10 days, because I had to drive from Roseland, eight hours to a ferry, then jump on a ferry for a couple hours, then jump up the island for another couple of hours. Then I had a Hotel for 10 days, and so between gas and ferries and hotels and parachuting for myself and my uh, youngest son, all the hotel um, associated food costs, it came up maybe not 3,000 bucks, but let's just round it out to 3K, is what I'd said in my live chat yesterday. But I'd pay it again, because it was worth it to me, and I didn't even jump that much. And so, how I kind of came into that subject was this Christmas, that has just slipped by, my youngest son gave me a handful of cash and said, Hey, Dad, this is to pay for a jump, a parachute jump this year at Operation Pegasus Jump. Hopefully, you'll be able to do some more jumps this year because you didn't get to do enough last year. And the reason I didn't get to do enough jumps last year is because every time I went to grab a parachute, someone would grab my shoulder and say, hey, Sean, do you have a minute? And I'd look at them and say, sure do, pal. And then half an hour would slip by. And then I'd go over, go to grab a parachute, and someone else would grab another shoulder and say, hey, man, do you got a couple of minutes? I sure do. And so I got to do next to no jumps last year, but I got to do a whole lot of talking last year. And so what was the value in that? Well, I paid a boatload of money to not do enough parachuting with my son, but I got to interact with a pile of the troops who wanted to talk. And so where's the value in all of that talking? Way more than $3,000. It was way more than that for me and for them, for the team, for the collective, for the entire Operation Pegasus jump. Now, I'm not saying that I made Operation Pegasus jump better for people. I can just claim it was better for me for getting to talk with all of those different people who are grabbing my shoulder saying, hey, you got a minute. And so these things, these vacations, uh, which is kind of a weird word, but I'm digging it, I suppose. A vacation to me isn't about you heading off somewhere and drinking my ties and everything being awesome for you. Sometimes a vacation maybe isn't like the awesome but you're still doing good stuff. You're still learning stuff that you might not recognize in the moment until you get back home. So if someone bounces off to a retreat in Mexico with Seb doing BJJ, uh, hanging out with uh, David Z, getting some improvements driven into you, you may not realize what those improvements are until three and a half months later, six and a half months later. And so, um, these deployments or these growth events, these retreats, anything that you head off to, I believe you should have done your recon beforehand. I think you should be heading there with some intentions. I think you should have a general framework of expectations of what you're going to get out of it. But then when you hit the dirt, just let it unfold. Let it happen. Get what you get. And then once you bounce out of there, it's not over. You shouldn't be looking forward to the next vacation the following month with your free money from some magical empire that I'm not aware of. And so you should be doing your thing, getting home, and then thinking about the thing you just did so that you can almost double down on the benefit of I learned there, and now I'm learning in my house upon reflection. Mm -hmm. I like that. Seb, you got any thoughts on this at all?
2: Yeah, I I I think that's a very very accurate depiction on how this should go to optimize and maximize what it is that you're getting out of anything you're getting involved with. I mean, the this the simple thing to do is to put it behind you and and ultimately not not really look back. So now you're looking at, you know, four or five days with the administrative stuff at at the top in the end. You're probably looking at really three days where there were some impactful things going on within the within the, you know, the confines of that retreat. And now you're going home and you're spending three months benefiting from those three days on account of allowing yourself the time for reflection introspection and doing all this good stuff and all this work because that that's exactly what it is so when people talk about introspection and how hard work is going to get you out of this nobody's coming to save you nobody is that's your job and so the only way to do that is to do it and 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 on a day-to-day on a on a daily sort of um, activity level, you're going to have to spend a lot of time introspecting and 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 finding and actionable items that you can implement and things that you can do to move the needle forward. But nobody's coming in. That next person that you're seeing at the next retreat might provide you some help. But imagine how much more help you would have if you waited three months to go, processed all that happened benefited as much and squeeze the juice out of that lemon as much as you could before you moved on to the next one to do exactly the same.
1: I like that. Chris, you got any thoughts? It, this actually reminds me a little bit of my coaching practice. Um, sometimes people show up and they, they don't come right out and say it. But the mentality is, fix me, do, do the thing where I'm now better. Um, my, my most successful clients have a way different mentality which is they they're like all right can you give me some advice i'm struggling with this thing i'm going to go do the work in a serious way once once you kind of bump steer me along and the you know success is an interesting term but like the again the the most successful people that i work with are the ones that that are excited about doing the work themselves they're not looking for you know the, the silver bullet that that will solve all the problems they're they're more like um yeah i'm i'm ready to i'm ready to learn from this experience and then apply it immediately to my life to try to get a little bit better every day
0: i really like that i'm uh <clears throat> it, I, i'm i'm brought back to this concept of white space that you were talking about earlier, Chris, and you're talking about the schedule, but it it almost seems like uh, being able to go on these retreats and being able to to do these things where you can, you know, become a better person or work on some things that you haven't before is almost like a bit of mental white space. You just kind of have to hold this area to be able to think about stuff, to be able to engage upon, to be able to, how do I, how, why does this apply to this? And why do I feel like this when this happens, et cetera, et cetera? But if I think a lot, I think a lot of us, I know I did especially many years ago, was I filled my mind. I filled my, that white space in my mind with just stuff with, oh, well, I have to go do this and I have to go do these things. And it was just tick, 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 tick on the, the mental list without actually holding that space to be able to sit and think and reflect and, uh, and work through those positions. Whereas now, after being on a couple of retreats and doing a couple of these things, I've come to the realization that the maintenance of that of that white space is really
3: important. What do you guys think, Sean? Coming to you first, what do you think? Well, you were talking about thoughts uh, that the things that you were thinking, all, all the things that you're lining up in your head. And just yesterday, I put up a little image that said, um, you know, ideas are like the blank pages of your life. Action is the ink. And so everyone's got lots of ideas. They're all blank pages. You, can, you could have an Encyclopedia Britannica on your shelf, 30 books of blank pages. Big deal. You've got a bookshelf full of almost nothing except empty paper. But action is the ink. That's, action is how you write your life. The ideas in your head are, I'm not saying you've got an empty head, you could have a head full of ideas, but that, that in the external world, it, you're not demonstrating anything of value except to yourself in your head, in your own voice. No one can see it. No one is oh, benefiting from it to include you. And so action is the ink that you get to write on those blank idea pages. And the more that you write on that blank page, the more people can benefit from that writing. So let's look at Operation Pegasus Jump as an example. I've said that I've gone two years in a row. Both years that I've gone, I've really enjoyed it. I think I see all of the benefits from it. And therefore, I've talked about it openly to the interwebs about... You should all go check that out. From time to time, I chirp about it in my Instagram lives, just as I did yesterday. And here's what happens. People hit me in DM or in my direct messages and say, wow, that sounds amazing. I'll see you there this summer. Like just this week alone, I've got a couple of guys that I barely know that have hit me up in my DM saying, looking forward to seeing you there this summer. Now, whether they show up or not, I don't know. Because if they don't show up, then that's just a thought in their head which is an empty page yet to be filled with action. But if they do show up, they don't even have to jump. If they just show up, now that's action. And they don't have to jump out of the plane to get better because if they're leaning against a wall and I'm leaning against a wall and they're talking about, I'd like to jump, but I don't think I'm going to do it this year. Cool. No worries, pal. Let's talk. What you got going on in your life? So now we can start at least getting better as a team, just out there on the dirt. No one has to learn how to do backflips through flaming hoops to get better. What a person does have to do is get out of their head, apply some action in the real world with others, and then as a group or as a team interacting with other people, you can start to see how to do things better. That's what I see at Operation Pegasus Jump.
0: Absolutely. Chris, any thoughts on this one?
1: Kind of going back to what you were uh referencing, that that kind of mental white space. Um I, I know in my own life I I struggle with differentiating being busy and being productive. Um and and oftentimes that 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 white space either on my calendar or in my mind gets filled with busy and not always productive, um, and forcing yourself to take a minute and, and making that, that distinction, um, will, in my opinion, often lead to better ink on the page, uh, referencing Sean's analogy. Like, uh, it's not, you, you're right. Action is, is the ink that fills your life, uh, the book of your life. Um, and, that ink, in my opinion, I'm I would much more interested in making it a worthwhile story and not just a busy story, if that makes sense.
0: I think, I, I think I'm tracking something like uh, you want to make it actually like nice, clean calligraphy rather than just like bah! just chicken scratch across the board. Uh, Seb, you got any thoughts on this?
2: You know, calligraphy and swordplay hand in hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know the uh, the old ideas without action is kind of like a good way to convince yourself that you've already done the work. And if you're looking for ways to procrastinate, that's probably the best way to do it. Just just start like that, and and start and, and if you start verbalizing it to other people, you're getting even more rewarding, sort of uh, you know feedback. And so now you're you're thinking that you're in business even more that you you're even more you're even closer to that goal that you have set forth for yourself which you have done nothing to accomplish but it's an illusion and and next thing you know you will lose you lose the drive and the motivation to do anything about it because it's in everybody else's head it's already done it's kind of like being if i said to you i'm going to pay you a year in advance in salary and i want you to go to work every day it's gonna be cool for the first three weeks as you're going around spending your money but once you're six months in you'll see how difficult that is to not have anything to 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 strive for as you're you know moving along so i think that's uh that's that goes without saying it it has to be the case it just has to be actions absolutely sean
0: any uh, additional points to this
3: Yeah, so the other piece to the action is if you go out to Operation Pegasus Jump, it's your first year. This is 2024 is your first year you go out to Op Peg Jump. And you decide that you're not going to jump. And you're just going to lean against a wall. Well, leaning against the wall there is better than leaning against the wall in your house. And so the action to get, just, just to get to Operation Pegasus Jump is notable. And so what is notable? Well, in my opinion, action being the ink, if you're scribbling it down or whether you're calligraphying it down, uh, you also should have a yellow highlighter. And the yellow highlighter is reserved for something freaking mega, something notable, where it's not just day-to-day operations, where it's not just week-to-week operations, where it is something that you do an action that is so notable that you really want to use a yellow highlighter to highlight it on that page called your ideas so actions every day are good actions every week are good actions every month are good but every once in a while you need a freaking yellow highlighter on that page to highlight the fact that you just did something semi-insane, something that you never thought you'd be able to do, something that you thought no one else could do. Let's pretend for a moment that you, you cannot stand the idea of heights. Heights freak you out. But if you drive to Operation Pegasus Jump from anywhere in North America and you land on that dirt and you lean against a wall and you don't jump well the very fact that you headed in the right direction towards the thing that you fear the most in my books is action and maybe in your books it's notable with a yellow highlighter so notable that you say to yourself i never thought i'd be able to do that well maybe next year i'm gonna build on that and i'm gonna really jump next year So. What, what is notable to you and what is notable to me is unimportant. What is important is that everyone has an ability to do something notable for themselves. And once you do something notable for yourself, then you can build off that. It's not a micro win. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about freaking cracking it out of the park with something that is mega impressive to you. Forget about what other people think you got to think about what is impressive to you. And once you can do something like that, yellow highlight that, you can take on the world. You're the king of the hill that day, in a way. And so maybe someone hasn't felt that feeling for quite a long time where I can do anything. Look at what I just did. Look at that yellow highlighter that I just put down on that page. Once you start getting that feeling, It's a pretty powerful feeling that's worth pursuing, I think. I would 100% agree. And I I have a question on
0: that specifically is the fact that what I've noticed, especially in the veteran community, but I think kind of all around, is there are a lot of us, especially who feel like, you know, that they are of service to the community that don't want to take, don't want to mark anything with a yellow highlighter for fear of self-aggrandizement or for fear of how other people are gonna look at it or you know maybe they just don't see that thing as notable there was um i think it was last year i went on that little ruck march uh was like 20 some odd k and sean you were like that's pretty notable you just threw your rucksack on and and went for a walk and i was like "I i don't know it just felt like a ruck like i didn't feel that it was notable but other people were saying it was so how do you guys either address that or talk to other people about it or how do you address it within yourselves in that almost non-desire for compliments or,
3: you know, taking some credit for what you have done. Chris, what do you think? Well, oh, sorry. Just hang oh, on a second. Sean, Chris jumps in. Sorry. When you're talking about doing your 20 K, can you give us a little bit of background on that? Cause there's probably people who have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Thank
0: you. Um, so I had been doing basically nothing for quite a while and, uh, Sean, you were were poking me continuously for uh, a number of days about the fact that I was, uh, you and Satch actually were on live, I think it was in April last year that I was saying a lot of things, but I wasn't actually taking any actions, and to the point that you and I were talking afterwards of the show, and you were like, do something, anything, do something hard, something that you have not done ever. And so it was, uh, I think it was four or five o'clock in the afternoon. I was just like, okay, I'm going to put my ruck on and off I went. And I just went for, Hey, you know, maybe I should do a BFT, a 13 K March that we used to do in the army. And it turned into almost double that just because of the fact I made it to the other side of town and had to make it back home. <laughs> so I, uh, as I was walking back, I didn't, again, I didn't see it as that notable. I mean, I, i I was in pain, but Uh, it was the action that was necessary. And it was the kick in the butt from you and Satch that was uh, I needed to get working.
3: Okay, so just now to be clear, just to delineate between you not thinking it was a big deal, and you thinking it was a big deal, because it was a big deal. Now, maybe it wasn't a big deal, like 20k isn't like huge. It's not like, Pretty much everybody in your neighborhood with the right amount of conviction could do the exact same thing. So it's not like you cracked the code, but uh, it was a big deal, Chance. It was a big deal to you when you sit down and think about what you work through in that moment, because I remember the video of you being out there, like almost uh, freaking out about you have no idea what you're doing. You don't know why you're doing it. You're just doing it and it's not that you're freaking out, but you were struggling on that day. And so as you struggled on that day, struggled to even understand why you were doing it, to me, that is epic growth material. If someone takes the time to start answering the questions of, why am I doing this? So as I see it, it was a big deal. And if you... Are being, I won't say honest, but if you're being more thoughtful with how you casually threw out your sentence of just a few minutes ago, I think that you would change your your conversation. I think that you would be able to more easily say, actually, it was a big deal to a lot of people who watched, and it was a big deal to me, because that was a moment that I got my lazy ass off the couch and actually did something instead of talking about doing things. You demonstrated in that moment precisely what I just said. All the ideas were blank pages with no ink on the pages. That day you started writing with ink. It was an action moment that had been missing for quite a while. So it was a big deal to the people who saw it. And I think if you're being honest with yourself, you'll also agree that it was a big deal for you. Well, I think this goes directly into
0: my question because I was looking at the physical work of it, just the the walk. And being be thinking like, uh well, it's not that big of a deal. But again, I, I think you're absolutely right. With some thought I will uh I'm gonna ponder on that one tonight and really develop it. Chris, you got any thoughts on it?
1: When I was when I was in the army on you know, on an ODA, there was this I, I refer to it as performance paranoia because you're surrounded by such high caliber dudes high, high caliber performers that it forces you to want to be better and forces you want to perform at kind of that level. And then that becomes like your standard. And so sometimes like when you're then just out and about doing the thing, you you don't realize that maybe it is a bigger deal than it is because your, your standard has been raised to a different level. Uh, and it takes a good friend to stab you in the face and say, Hey buddy, you, you're actually doing really good work right now because, because yeah, you're putting the ink on the page now, you know, and, and I've, I'm fortunate enough to have some, some solid dudes in my life that, that are able to kind of point out those, those moments because I am, I am pretty reluctant to highlight, so to speak, uh, some of my achievements because it's, it one, it's like I don't want to be that guy, and two, sometimes they don't feel like big achievements, and it and it does it takes the tribe that I've surrounded myself with to to you know point out you know some some pretty good milestones that I should that I should be prideful uh, about, um, pride in a good in a good sense, not braggadocious, but rather um, confident that I'm I'm doing the right work, if that makes sense.
0: Hmm. absolutely. Seb, got any thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, a few things. Um, Just to go back to what Sean was was talking about, about up Pegasus and putting your back on the wall, that sort of things. I think that's, that's important to emphasize that I, you know, if you've ever been somebody that struggled with heights, for example, and as a youth, you spent time on the top of the dive board, how many times did you go up and down that ladder before you jumped? if you if you tell me that you went up there stood there for 2 minutes and jumped i will call bs on that your fear was not a great fear but if you had a great fear of heights and that was very intimidating to you how many how many kids go up and down that dive board 10, 20, 30, 40 times, but every time you do it, it gets a tiny bit easier because you went, you get a a little bit more accustomed to it, you get a little bit more comfortable, you get a little bit more used to the idea. And eventually, you realize that you're standing there not caring. And now you're up to the next phase, which is jumping. Right? So yeah, taking taking small actions in something that's truly uncomfortable is very commendable and it's necessary and so you may not do it all in one year you may not go to pegasus and 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 you know backflip out of those uh, dingy little planes you're, you're probably safer outside the plane by the way <laughs> but uh, but yeah this is this is definitely something that you want to consider and mark you know uh, mark the behavior and 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 use that highlighter to realize that I've actioned something now one of the things that I've never been uncomfortable I've been uncomfortable with getting a lot of compliments about things and and I'm not very good at it and I'm sure nobody on this panel is but the one thing I never shied away from telling myself is when I do the work. You know, if I do the work and and what was required was for me to do the work to make something happen, then I did that. I can definitely highlight that. I'm good with that. I love that. You know, I know I had a paper to finish or or I went out and I had an operational recce to do or whatever the case may be in any context. If I did the work, I will highlight that. No problem. Now, the highlighting process is not for anybody else. So I don't care how somebody, that has you know more extensive experience or has a, a more depth of understanding of a, of a certain subject thinks about what I highlighted here. This is about me. This is about me having that conversation with me and me marking behaviors and marking micro-wins along the way. And that can help one day when you start self-defeating and you're having a bad day or you drop a ball somewhere or whatever the case may be, you can look back at your tracking history and say, I actually been doing really good here and this is a little setback and I'm going forward again. And so, I you know there's a variety a variety of reasons why I like to why I like to do that, but one thing you said, Chance, really is what I want to end on, and and that was about I thought about the physical piece, you know humans are simplifying things because complex things are complex and we're simple creatures and we are trying to make sense of life and if we were to understand everything as it should holistically, our brains would be 17 times the the you know the size it is. And, and, and that's just that's just a reality. And so I think another piece here is to recognize the oversimplification that's occurring, right? Like when you are assessing or when you're self assessing or when you're going through the things that you have done or didn't do or the things that you want to do, taking a, an overly simplistic approach is a big problem. That you kind of need you kind of need to to think outside the box, you know, so to speak, so this is not just a physical endeavor. that is a massive feat for somebody that got off the that didn't and yet it was triggered by somebody else and somebody else poked you. doesn't matter. that person didn't do the work, right? You did the work. and so I think um, I think a lot of people are self-deprecating on account of oversimplifying what they have done
3: or why? That's a great point. Sean, you got any additional points on this? Yeah, and in line with what Seb was saying, I think that it is important that we use a a yellow highlighter uh, from time to time to put down something notable. But uh, if I recall correctly, going back to when you did throw some weight on your back and go for a 20-click walk chance, I think preceding that, I was kind of maybe not barking at you, but I think I was maybe suggesting politely that you – You, you do something that is insane that you've never done before. And it was kind of along the lines of put a rucksack on your back and start walking and don't stop. Walk right to a swamp and go sit in the swamp for a little while. And once you've been in the swamp for a while, get out and walk around some more. Just keep walking. When you get tired, eat when you're tired, walk while you're eating. Just don't stop. Go do something that you've never done before something incredibly hard and so it was less about the physical action and it was more about the mental stress that it would create the adversity that you would have to face like let's be clear without any direction of which way to walk which you you didn't know at the time you didn't know which direction you were going to walk you didn't know if you'd turn left when you walked out of your house or turn right when you walked out of your house you didn't know what you were getting yourself into that in and of itself is stress that is adversity i don't have a plan i don't i've got so little of a plan that the the it's freaking me out plan and so all of these things added up create stress stressors that maybe you hadn't faced in a long long time or perhaps ever and so i've said it many times you need to not chance we all need to do things from time to time that are redonculous, that the yellow highlighter gets replaced with a red highlighter. And it's something that you can look back on. 24 years ago, I had a red highlighter moment that was insane. I'll never do anything harder than that, ever. Well, now you've got something to draw down on. Your mundane day today, your mundane day tomorrow, the things that appear to be hard or you can tell yourself are hard, they pale in comparison to that red highlighter moment that was just out of this world hard. And so I like to have things in my hip pocket, red highlighter moments that I know life will never be harder than that. I can always draw down on that. No matter what I face this week, it will never be insane like that red highlighter moment 33 years ago or 42 years ago or 11 years ago. It doesn't much matter. The yellow highlighters, those notable moments in our weeks or in our months, they're important. But every once in a while, we've got to have something that is just such a high watermark that we know we can face all of the demons in hell bring it freaking bring it you little freaks there's nothing that you can do to me that i haven't faced in the past with that red highlighter moment i think we all need things like that from time to time absolutely seb you got something That's how you take a note you,
2: you must you must know me eh? I, I just blink a different way and chance gives me the bite back <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, I think this is a great opportunity to speak about something else, which is how self-imposed stress is much easier to deal with than externally, expo- uh, externally imposed stress. And we see that in selections and we see that in all kinds of different, um, different uh, contexts. But let me put it to you this way. If you consider that adversity is game day, what are you doing in between for practice sessions? Because when game day hits, You ain't throwing that thing over the fence. You're not running that. You're not outrunning everybody. You're not doing all these other things if you haven't put the work in. And when adversity hits, which it will, and again and again, what are you doing to prepare yourself? Those are the anchors that you are going to need when the storm hits. Where have I been? What have I seen? How capable? or how capable did I think I was and how did I end up being, you know, and how successful was I and all of these other things, what are some of the mo- the hardest things I've negotiated? And you know, it's really funny. You hear guys that I've deployed overseas, and I'm sure Chris, you can speak to this. And, and some guys saying we found ourselves in a, in super tight predicaments where everything went wrong, but somehow they still felt that their training was harder, you know? And, uh, and, and even if they had, you know, freaking holes in their bodies. So some guys have, have, have said that, like, look, this this was nothing compared to Hell Week or this was nothing compared to whatever the case may be. And so there is a reason why the certain training methodology that might seem barbaric to some are critically important is that so these humans that we asked to do incredible things are capable of not self-defeating when they're left to their own demise in pain hungry and all this good stuff and we as regular people walking the streets we can truly benefit from them from those lessons and i can tell you right now that preparing for adversity is an everyday operation it's not a just wait till it hits and i'll step up to the plate because it's not going to work that way you don't know my mentality bro (laughs) (laughs) i just (laughs) i see red bro
0: chris you got any thoughts on this
1: Maybe, yeah. I I, I think, um, kind of to Sub's point, it's we don't. What is the the quote? It's we don't rise to the occasion; we fall to the level of our training, right? Um, and I think it's also important to note that you shouldn't compare your red highlighter moments to those of that maybe somebody else has experienced, because um, it isn't it isn't a comparison game. It's it's all about are you preparing your own life for for what may show up and and you i i think i think Sean's spot on you should have moments in your life that you can draw strength from because it was miserable or or it was incredibly difficult that you've gone through uh, and that that is going to look very different um your life compared to somebody else's so don't compare to somebody else's journey um draw from draw from the moments that you've experienced in those those hard those hard and difficult uh situations that you've you've survived whatever those may look like um and i'm i'm reminded of like kind of this um these opportunities that that people embark on it's it's civilians that are going through selection type events Uh, on purpose and for me that sounds crazy (laughs) because why would you do that on purpose (laughs) Uh, uh, particularly if you're not going to engage then in a career that that required that of you (laughs) Uh, but I I get it you know it is now because now you have that red highlighter moment in your life that you've um you're like yeah that was (laughs) that was miserable uh and nothing else seems quite as bad as as that moment so I know I can get through this next situation that I'm faced with
0: I have an interesting question on that, but
3: Sean, you got any additional thoughts on this before I dive into it? Yeah, I think that um, it's comparing yourself again, comparing my red highlight highlight moment against someone else's red highlight moment and um, evaluating mine against theirs or theirs against mine to see who wins. Uh, I think that's the wrong way to approach it, of course. Uh, But... I do believe that we should be paying attention to other people's yellow highlight moments and other people's red highlight moments to be inspired. So it's one thing to judge and compare versus dot, 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 being inspired by someone's moments. And so chance, when you were out there walking around, not knowing why you were walking around, uh, other people knew why you were walking around. They were inspired by it. And so they weren't, they weren't, I, I suspect that no one out there thought, dude's only got 12 pounds in his rucksack. I walk with 14 pounds. He sucks. I win. I don't think anyone would ever think that. Maybe some weird dude, but I don't think anyone would make those kind of comparisons and think, oh, he's only got 12 pounds in. this doesn't count. What people do see is someone on the edge a little bit someone who is pushing the envelope a little bit someone who is really uncomfortable in the moment these kind of things are the inspiring pieces not the comparative pieces and so it doesn't matter what the weight is it doesn't matter how far a person goes it doesn't matter whether they go live in the swamp for a day or not none of those things matter what does matter is someone is pushing themselves hard enough that they are uncomfortable in the moment, they are growing in the moment. And others from an external perspective can see that that individual is in the game and it is inspiring to me. I know this to be true, that when you did what you did, other people picked up what you were putting down and now they're out doing walks just like you did. And so how many people, who knows who cares? One, one's enough because that one person might introduce the idea to another person and so on and so forth. Now it's the pebble in the pond routine, spreading out the ripples of magnificence because chance went for a walk. And so it all matters, but it's whether it matters to you or not. I think that's probably an important question. I 100% agree on that one. The uh, it, it
0: brings up... a an... An interesting thought. So I had written down here, misery for the sake of misery. And there, there's a there's a point where like, yes, it's great to put yourself under stress. It's good to put yourself in difficult situations. It's, if there is, as we said earlier, if there's an intent behind it, if there's a, I want to get better, I want to. Hey, Collective, Big Bird here. Thanks so much for watching part one of this episode. I can't wait to bring you the second part. It's going to be coming out next week. If you'd like to get the notification when that comes out, by all means, subscribe to the channel, and that way uh, you get your notifications whenever those kick in. If you'd like to watch something in the meantime, by all means, check this one out or check this one out. Both are great. We'll see you next time. Chemo.